right, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, um, if you're watching online as well, we're glad you join us here in this moment. Maybe you're watching live here on Sunday morning. Welcome from where we are. Or maybe it's during the week you're catching this or listening to it. You can actually listen through our podcast through the week, whatever it is, whatever way it works for you to be able to participate with us. But it's good to see those here in the room with us. I just wanted to tell you, that Jake, this is supposed to be Jake's moment this morning. He was going to be the one to be up here. But if you could pray for Jake and Haley, they're, they're heading, I think they made it already, left yesterday to Idaho, southern Idaho. Uh, there was a tragic death of one of Haley's cousins. And so I think there's a service on Tuesday for him, a high school student, really tragic thing that happened. And so if you could just lift the family in prayer, Jake and Haley, especially if you know them. Jake's our, our uh, next-gen director. He, give, he directs our students and small groups here. And so just wanted to keep that in mind. If you know him personally, just reach out maybe and text him. Let him know they're praying for the family as well. That would be, that'd be good to do. So I just want to hit a few things before we jump into our week two and our, our series that we'll be doing. I wanted to invite you this coming Thursday for an opportunity for prayer. Uh, we, we have throughout our year in, our, in, in the life of our church a time where we gather together to pray. And this New Year prayer gathering is this Thursday, 6.30, that we're meeting right in this room. And it's an opportunity for us to, as we set off in a new year, to not only worship and lift God up and, all, and praise Him for all He's done and thank Him for all He's done, it's also an opportunity, a, a time of repentance and consecration toward the Lord a new year, but also an opportunity to pray out for our community, to reach out in prayer. If we're, if we're going to attempt to do anything great for God, it starts with prayer. It starts with God leading us and directing us into that. So if you have a heart for prayer, if you desire to say, My, Lord, I, I know through prayer and the power of prayer, I really, really encourage you to be here at 6.30 on Thursday evening as we, we gather for that. And also another opportunity that's coming up here that's got on the radar actually this last week uh, I just received was there is going to be an annual CTK family meeting. And what this is, if, I don't know if you, you know, you have family reunions, I do. You have your own family, your nuclear family, and then you have a reunion. You get everybody together. Some of you know we're part of a larger family in the CTK family. We're part of actually six campuses in Whatcom County. And so we have an opportunity just to come together like a family reunion. And so it's, it's February 5th. Uh, it's it, it, it's uh, Sunday, February 5th. Don't let that throw you. Sunday, February 5th at, at, at 1230. Okay? So we're here on a 10 o'clock service. And so we, we leave, and then we just head to Bellingham. And, uh, and there's a lunch provided for that and a meeting afterwards. And so it's a great opportunity to hear what God's doing, to hear what he has done in the, the various campuses in our church, and where we're going as a CTK family. If you're, if you're a voting member of the church, this is an opportunity to, there's some voting that will take place. as a, It's a corporate meeting for that. You're thinking, is there, I didn't know there's church membership. Talk to me about that. But it's also an opportunity for you as a voting member, or non-voting member, just to, to show up and hear about that. What does that really mean uh, for us as a church? To help with that, though, I'm asking for this. And, you know, I'll give my little five-minute update on what's going on on the North Bay family side. I'd love for you to give me what's going on. And that is, if you could take a moment, I've got these two questions. 
and really asking this question, what did Jesus do in your life last year? And then the second question we have is, what do you sense that Jesus is doing Northing now and for the new year? So either there's something that's triggering you, like this is what Jesus did, this is what God did in my life last year. Could you write on the card in the, in the prayer section of your connection card, just even, even while, it's okay, you can do it while the message is going on, to share something, or you can drop it off next week and drop it off. In fact, they all can go in the black box in the back on the way out or bring it next week, fill it out. Either what the Lord's done this last year, or where do you sense we are as a church and where we're going and where you sense the Lord's leading us to do that? Does that make sense? So just a couple sentences that what I love to do is collect them and actually read uh, you know, we'll see how many we get, but read them out in the, the gathering that we'll be doing on the 5th of February. That'd be really, really helpful. Like, not just hearing from me, but from us together as a large family to do that. I really encourage you, uh, whatever that might be. If, if you're saying, man, Lord, I just heard this morning, I heard a, 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 someone says, my, my, my niece, you know, got off drugs and is in a place of recovery. Like, wow, put that down because we, maybe there's been a group of people been praying for that person, a, a part of our church. So whatever it might be, that would be really, really good. And then finally, as we're kind of getting back into the swing of things, we're, many of us are getting back in our small group, and if you're here and you're not a part of a small group, we want to invite you to consider being in one. And there's little cards in the back here that says, you know, I'm interested in a group, I'm interested in actually leading group or joining group, and then even hosting a group. So if there's an interest in a small group, just want to participate that way, you're not in one, you can let us know as well as our groups are back going here in a new season together got all that out is it's a good thing to do and it's share with you and the opportunities that we have we are in second week in a series called the chosen life and if you don't know you're chosen and and you're you're chosen in a very very special way and i don't know about you but i love the fact when i'm picked for something it's special it's like you want me to be a part of that? You know, whether it's a, a team or a job or an opportunity or how about even a relationship? You want to be my friend? You want to be? And I think there's something special about that. And I love the fact that, that, that God himself has said that to us. He's affirmed that to us that we're chosen by him. Jesus even said, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You're, 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 you're chosen. You're, you're, you can have a chosen life. But here's the thing about being chosen. It's, it's not just a privilege, but it's, a, it's an empowerment. It's an opportunity now to do what we're called to do. Being chosen is we choose to be chosen. <laughs> you're like, I, we choose it. We choose that chosen life. Last week we talked about we choose life. Life or death. There's, it's not just right and wrong. And, and we're invited into with the life that God has for us. And so these next few weeks, starting today, we're going to talk about aspects of being as chosen people. What are we choosing? And today we're going to talk about choosing friendship, to choose friendship. So if you want to follow along with this, there's some notes there available as we do this. We choose friendship. I, I found that friendship is interesting is that that uh, nowadays it it just seems like it doesn't naturally come well. You know what I mean by that? Like you, friends are sometimes tough to find, but I find that as much as I appreciate technology, we can hide behind it to not really enter in true authentic relationships. You know, uh, social media is great, and I, I there's aspects where I guess what I don't have to guess when your birthday is because it'll tell me. And I, you know, and one day I had, and maybe I'm really, 
I must have a lot of friends, but I literally had like 10 friends have birthdays. And I, I, oh, and, and the friends, I, I know these people actually on, the, on my rig. And you know, wish, it's great to do that. Nothing wrong with that. But I tell you, like, you know, a post doesn't give me a hug, okay? You know, a, a text message doesn't hold me, okay? A meme can be amusing, but it doesn't comfort me, okay? And you're wondering, what's a meme? Like, it, ask someone under 30, okay, or 40, okay? Um, if you know what that is. But, you know, it's good, but it's not the best. What we need is living, breathing, blood-flowing relationships friendships that are there and in some ways it's kind of got diluted down to a, a request that you click on see friendships are so important and they're so incredibly needed in our life they forge so much of our life and what we're going in and, and throughout you know throughout history you know you see what you call dynamic duos you know these friendships that you see they're famous famous friends out there uh, in fact let me just let me just share a few of them okay you you say the the friend that goes with this one okay batman and robin okay uh lewis and Clark. good how about this one way back old movie thelma and oh look at that you know that one and then it's some of our childhood was this one, Bert and, okay, Woody and, Woody, well, Buzz, there we go, Buzz Lightyear, okay, closer, yeah. And, and how about this one, this would be kind of a generation of people here, Beavis and, okay, you never ever thought it ever in your, your life that you would say that term in church, okay, but we did it today, good job, I feel so spiritual, yeah, so you got, you got your own list of people, dynamic duos. Today we're going to look at dynamic duo uh, in the Bible, David and then Jonathan. It's a unique relationship. In fact, it's a relationship that's filled with a lot of tension. And we're talking about choosing friendship. There's a choice. This, this relationship wasn't a natural relationship. It wasn't like, eh, we can be friends, it'd be great. No, this friendship had a price to it. It, was, it brought a lot, a lot of drama to the to those involved especially the the two of them and so if you're not familiar with this unique friendship i think it could speak to us it could speak to us of the opportunity to speak to us of the challenges but also it it parallels god's friendship with us that we're going to look at here in a moment but let me just give you some context if you're not familiar with the the, the biblical account of jonathan and david King Saul was the first king of Israel. King, people wanted a king. We want a king. We want a king. God, okay, I'll give you a king. And, and King Saul was pretty good for a bit, but he blew it. He jumped the gun. He, he put his image and his ego in front of God, being obedient to the Lord. And the Lord says, it ain't going to work out. And he, he lost God's favor. On top of that, a new young shepherd boy was rising in fame. Became very famous because he 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 slew a, a big giant named Goliath, and there's this moment where David is being elevated and King Saul is being basically not the chosen one any longer, and 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 so. David's name was on everybody's lips, and they chanted this. They chanted, "Saul kills by the thousand, David by the ten thousand." David's the rock star. He's the, he's the new heir apparent. And out of that, Saul, what happened with him is he felt incredibly rejected, not only by God, 
but he felt rejected by his own people. And then on top of that, he was insanely jealous toward David. But they had an interesting relationship. They had this, this, this relationship that was almost just, well, we could say a bit codependent as we're going to look at here. Because Saul just continued to, if you've been around people, next week we're talking about, going to talk about big topic, forgiveness. He was living in such a place of unforgiveness and, and hurt and pain that it, it, it mentally, emotionally disturbed him and actually, as we find, demonically oppressed him. And ironically, the only thing that Scripture talked about that calmed Saul's emotions was David playing the harp. And so here's David would come and play for him and soothe the disturbance that was going on in his spirit of Saul, and yet he was so upset with the very musician that was playing that for him. It's just, it's just a really kind of wacky and dysfunctional relationship. And, and as much as that's kind of crazy, some of you know what that feels like. Some of you grew up in an alcoholic or drug addict family mom or dad or someone in the family and there was what we call codependency to happen you coped you did things you worked around things you compensated you 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 tried to appease or need appease you tried to bring peace and calm to the situation so that people can feel at least semi-safe at times and many times it wasn't very safe that was the that was really going on this this dynamic that was happening with king saul and david and then on top of that Saul had a son named Jonathan. And Jonathan and David become friends. In fact, this unique friendship is, is that here he is, you know, his son Solomon, or I'm sorry, Jonathan, and he's having to in, interact with this friendship that he has, but here is his feelings of his own father. And this dysfunction... That, that goes on, yet it's actually forging this relationship. But it's interesting, as we see, and we'll look at this, is the commitment that Jonathan made with David is very similar as God's, God's commitment to us and his, this friendship he wants with us. In fact, here's kind of a, a truth of a, of a chosen life today is this. A true friendship is not a form by the click of a request, but through covenant relationship. Today we're going to talk about what does it mean to have covenant well, covenant friendship. Look at Jonathan's expression toward David. First Samuel 18, this is what it says. It's after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David. He loved him as himself. And then it says, Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword, his bow, and his belt. This this commitment, you know, like these are friends that really maybe shouldn't be friends. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, uh, conflicted interest that was going on, but this is the God's plan of forging them together. I don't know what friendships you've had growing up or in your, in your life, but I've had some really good, I still have some really good lifelong friends. When I was in high school, I knew in my faith and still not really in a place of growing as a disciple, I had a Jonathan in my life. Ironically, his name was David. 
And Dave and I, it was, I don't know if you remember in the late 80s, the, the Olympics, they had the Dave and Dan, they're, they're, they're competing athletes in, in the U.S. Uh, Olympics. But so that, that was always advertised on Nike and McDonald's, Dave, the Dave and Dan. So my, my friend Dave and I, he didn't have a car. And so he called me up and said, hey, Mac, pick me up. We're, you know, let's go do something. I need a ride. And a lot of it had to do, well, he needed a ride, but also he wanted, he was trying to initiate relationship with me to help me grow in my faith that really was his desire and so we would go we'd hit the gym and work out and so we talked about being the the the, you know it's the Dave and Dan gun show that we had and so you know just cocky teenagers but 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 we had such a close bond and relationship he was very instrumental in me not only in my my uh, growth as a disciple but even led to my calling as a as a pastor but high school's over college is over we part our ways and you know living different lives over many many years but i tell you there's been times that the lord just had woken me up in the middle of the night praying for my friend dave and so i don't know if question is what you know what what are you looking for in a close friend because it, you might have, have had friends like that, and sometimes like, no, I've had, you know, the, you know so-called friends, like, they should have been enemies, okay? You've, you're like, you, you haven't had that. So some of us have, but have had different experiences, but here's the thing. We're wired for relationship. God has wired us never to be alone. That, in fact, he says, you know, it's not good for a man to be alone. We're called for friendship. I was reading an article the other day in NPR. It's talking about the 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 what where people find happiness the number one thing they did study and research and people and experts to say the quote experts say where happiness lies where people are the happiest is because they're in quality relationships and that might not surprise you at all like that makes sense not how much how wealthy you are how powerful you are all those things external things it's how close in quality relationships you really have we need friends like that we need friends that are going to be there for us in the in the tough and tender times in the difficult times as we used to say you know we need a friend that's there over hell or high water that someone's there to help us get us through and to be with us the question is do you want a friend like that do you want friendships like that in your life and if the answer is yes well guess what what it takes one to know one if you want a quality friend in your life, you and I are called to be that friend. To choose friendship is not only to choose someone to be your friend, but to actually be the quality friend for the person that you'd be friends with. That is a desire. Not only that God wants with us, but that's the relationship he wants, not only with one another, but with him as well. So I want to talk about some quality characteristics of covenant friendship and, and paralleling this relationship that Jonathan and David had. Again, it wasn't a very naturally flowing relationship. I had a lot of tension on the drummer, but it's, it parallels God's desire for true intimate friendship with us. So first I would put down is this, you take notes, it says that true friendship is committing another person regardless of the response back. It's committing other, to another person Regardless of the response back. I mean, we like mutuality. You be my friend, I'll be your friend, I get that. But there's times where it does feel one-sided. Times saying, I'm going to be investing in this relationship. And that was the cornerstone commitment of the relationship. Scripture, go back and, you know, it says, Jonathan made a covenant with David. Now, what's a covenant? The word covenant is beruth, which means this. Determination, stipulation, a pledge, an obligation to nations, individuals, 
and families. It was this, it was this, you know, sacrifice and solemn oath that we're going to do this. You know, nowadays, you know, we have a lot of agreements and contracts, right? You know, if you break your contract, the contract is ripped up. Like we're mutual parties coming together, but it's different in covenant. Covenant can be one side of relationship. One person might not be fulfilling the, their obligation to it, but that person isn't ripping it up. They're still committed. They're still coveted in that relationship. We, we, we sign agreements nowadays in ink. Back then, you signed in blood. This is, that's how important it was. But we thought we watered down friendships, haven't we? we, we we've kind of treated friendships like being a Mariner fan. You know, Mariner fans, it's a long season, isn't it? You know, we do really well. You know, we have a good spring, and then summer, the slump happens. And, and you're just like, I think I'm still a fan. I don't even, how are they doing? How is my friend doing the Mariners? You know, I don't even know, right? You're just a distance that happens. And some of you are like, well, they did really good this year. Yeah, they made the playoffs this year. And the Seahawks made the playoffs. We, we had a game yesterday. We won't talk about that. Go 49ers, I guess. Um, here's the thing. Both the Mariners and the Seahawks made the playoffs the first time together ever in, in history. Jesus can come back now. Okay, how about that, right? <laughs> but you know what? We, we play, we have fair weather friends when we're doing really well, but when we're not doing really well, where are they? And that happens in marriages. When it, the tough get going, someone just leaves. I mean, there's, there is, there, there is, there's a watering down of, of friendships that happen. They're almost disposable, just like you brought a coffee cup in here, and you can take your cup home if you want, and you don't want to, right? It's disposable. Why do we do that? It happens so much. It's different with God and the relationships that God has with us. There's this bond, this is formulated that David and Jonathan have, but it symbolizes the covenant that God wants to have with us. Covenant relationship, where did it start? We started way back in Abraham. We looked at, when we went through the book of Genesis, we talked about this in the fall. This covenant relationship of God's chosen people. As followers of Christ, Peter said this, we are chosen people, a royal priesthood. It's a big deal. Even though we might forsake the deal, God still says, I'm committed to you. I'm not canceling you. I'm not ripping up the contract because I have a covenant relationship. That's really been modeled for Jonathan. I love what it, it how he, you know, and, and, and how he, he, he uh, was friends with, with David. Deuteronomy says this, but it was because the love, Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers. What it's saying in Deuteronomy is, is this, is even though we might forsake God, even though we might not choose him, he chose us. And he loved us, how many know, loved us first. That's the motivation is love. First John says this, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? So you're going, well, how do I know God's love? He proved it. He did all there is to do in signing a blood covenant, a relationship with us. I love there this, as Paul challenges, because of that, because of that love, because of that covenant, he says that therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dear loved, what do you do? Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That's the type of quality of friendship that we are to be. And of course, we would want that. How? It's because we're already chosen by God. I don't have to prove anything to you. And my ideal 
you know, my, my best self and knowing that I'm loved by God, I don't need to try to appease you and try to win you over. I'm gonna live out my, I, my God identity and in that as a chosen person, it's gonna be easier for me to have compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience, even though you don't reciprocate it back because I already know I'm loved and I already know I'm chosen by him. True friendships, committing one another, even, even when we don't always get it back at times. And, and know this, true friendship, next is this, it's forged through sacrifice ourselves for the sake of it, for the sake of this friendship. Remember, Jonathan's father was Saul. He was a madman. And, 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 and you gotta understand the risk not only David was having associated with Saul, but Jonathan as well. What a, what, a, what a relational tug of war. Do I honor my father at the same time I'm pledged to my, my friend? How did Jonathan do that? How did he, how did he do that? Well, I, I believe it's this. Jonathan's first covenant was with God. He trusted God's plan that David was the anointed one for the next king of Israel. He, he saw it. He knew it. And so therefore, how did he sacrifice? Well, if your dad's the king and he dies, you're kind of next in line, right? So Jonathan came to the acceptance that what his dad did, he's no longer going to be even in the line of, of being the next king. He sacrificed that in a sense. He, and he, you know, it wasn't his choice in the sense that this is what's going to happen, but he accepted it. You don't read anywhere that Jonathan was jealous of David. He had any animosity toward his dad father none of that was there Jonathan models because again he had this amazing covenant with God and he knew his calling was what his calling was not to to be on the throne was to help his friend take the throne that was his role as a friend he, he formed this covenant with David and it's interesting as we read already in in verse 4 of 1 Samuel 18 it says that Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword. Oh, by the way, I'm an owner of a sword. I don't know if you were here last week. Thank you, Dave, and thank you for the gift. You, and the others gave, with generosity you gave toward. Uh, and so if you need a sword, let me know. You can borrow mine. And, uh, and then uh, and he took his bow and his belt. And, and, and really what was going on is Jonathan says, I'm no longer, really, see, symbolically, that the David's friendship meant more valuable than any military accomplishments more than any, any kind of political power he's going after, and even a position of heir to the throne. It's symbolically, listen, I'm giving up my power, I'm giving up my whatever right of anything. You're the guy God is going to use, and I'm going to be supportive of that work. Well, later on, it's interesting, he firms again an oath with David. After David is now on the fringe, okay, King Saul, Saul is becoming just crazy. I mean, like, just, you know, mentally ill and struggling and on another level, it's just increasing. And he's chasing after, looking, plotting to kill David. David is now on a fugitive and on the run. And this is what Jonathan says to him. He says to his friend, don't be afraid, he said. My father, Saul, will not lay a hand on you. You will be king of it over Israel, and I will say, I'll be a second to you. Even my father Saul knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. Man, Jonathan, I mean, still hankering down and being committed to the friendship, honoring his father, knowing that's going on, but yet saying, I'm committed to this. That's friendship. 
That's saying, I'm, in, I'm with you in the hard times, and even what you're facing, even when you're facing injustice, I'm going to stand with you. You know, tomorrow we honor Dr. Lu Martin Luther King. And I, I found this quote the other day. I, thought, I never saw this one. This is what he once said. He says, in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Now think about that a little bit. We got our enemies, and our enemies can hurt us. But friends that don't stick up with us, man, they don't feel like they're friends, are they? They're the fair-weather friends. It's the silence. It's, the, it's the, the quietness that can be very disturbing and almost betraying us. I thought, wow, I'm going through the toughest time in my life. Where are people at? Where are my friends at? We know that feeling. What does a true friend do? A true friend is forges in friendship and even sacrifices not for themselves, elevating themselves to anything, but for the sake of others. And that's exactly what Jesus did, right? God the Son for, you know, came out from the rightful place of the throne of God to humble himself and to be a servant to us. You know, it's interesting. A few years ago, I was uh, reading something about there was an invasion in the Taj Mahal in, in Mumbai, India. There was a massacre, 200 people died, a horrible, horrible thing as these terrorists came in. And there was one gentleman that, there are many that survived, but he survived. And he said, how did you go? He goes, I, dunked, I ducked under a table, and the, the assailants are there in the room, and they're, they're trying to kill anybody still alive. And so I played dead. And they're like, yeah, we played. How did they? He goes, I survived because of the blood of others that was on me. I thought, what a symbolic thing that is for our own thing. How are we surviving? How are, not, how are, we, how are we, like, um, atone for our relationship with the Lord is because of the bl blood of another's on us. We're spiritually alive today because of his blood covers us. Colossians, Paul says this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether on earth or, or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Christ's sacrifice was given. This friendship for us, this massive sacrifice so that we can be elevated, we, we can be lifted up, not as kings, but as, as people holy and acceptable to God himself. Let me just ask, what, in what ways has been God asking you to sacrifice for the success of others? Because friendships take sacrifice, don't they? They're not always convenient. You don't always get the, hey, call me between 10 and 2 today. This is the only time I'm available. Usually the true friendships are things, you have that friend that you, they can call you at 2 in the morning, Right? when things were really bad. Not a lot. I find that the more problems are at night, you know, and later in the evening, very uncon you know, unconvenient moments in our life. Are we making ourselves available in our schedule? Are we making ourselves available in, in sacrificing our energies toward someone and our attention toward someone? Are we willing even to dent a little dent in our bank account to help our friend that's true friendship that's willing to make those sacrifices there we are chosen by god we have everything that we need his we talked last week his divine power to give us to live this life of god and to live this, this these friendships that that we have and we, all we're called to do is walk beside one another christy had and i have uh, we look back our son got married and we look back at our wedding program we found it dusted off our wedding program. And on the back of it was this. 
It says this, don't walk in front of me, I may not follow. Don't walk behind me, I may not lead. Just walk beside me and be my friend. And that's what we needed. I had to remind my wife the other day, we were walking to Target, and she was walking ahead of me. She was beelining to Target, like, catch up. Remember the poem? And so I'll give you a bad time on that. But I'm usually the one walking ahead, like, well, you're leaving me behind. But it's, it's something for us of walking together. Is there a friendship that you have, that you're walking together in marriage relationships and maybe with your kids, whatever it is, it's so important we're walking that way. And finally, this is true friendship is proven only when tested through trials. We know this already. I mean, we look at David, how he, he uh, was, he, here he played for the, for the king, and then his life is in jeopardy. Now he's a fugitive, and there's this, there's this tension that's building. And, and so what happens is there is this moment where it's almost as you read in the, in the narrative of the, the relationship, Jonathan was in a bit of denial that his dad was this, was this bad toward, toward David. There's, you read a little bit like, ah, I don't, th- I think you're, you don't, you're not reading my dad right. I'm like, no, he's threatened to kill me, really. It's purely, and, and so there was this kind of this testing moment that happens. And so uh, David is invited, even though he's like, I mean, the king is looking to plot is to take him out. And maybe this is what was going on. There's this, what was called a new moon festival. And he, David has a seat at the king's table. Here is the invitation. I don't know if they put a little place card. This is where David sits. And so he says, I'm not going to it, Saul, Solomon, I, or Solomon, Jonathan. I am not going to there because your dad wants to take me out. And I'm like, I don't know about this. No, I really should. So he's in hiding. David goes in hiding. He's a fugitive. And so Jonathan and him work out this little deal. And basically what it was is if at the dinner, if my, you know, if your father notices that I'm in, in outrage, you know, you'll know. You'll be up, you'll, you'll know, and you know, that'll be the testing that's going to happen. And so Jonathan works it out with him and says, listen, if you're in hiding everything, and, and it's not bad, and I want you to know is I'm going to shoot an arrow ahead of you to warn you that you're, yeah, my dad's wanting to take you out. If, if he likes you, still okay, he'll, I'll shoot the arrow behind. Well, King Saul is enraged, threatening to kill him. And so, you know, Jonathan shoots that arrow ahead to warn his friend of it. There's a testing time in friendships. There is times where we go through what we go through. And, and, and it's going to happen. Have, have, maybe, have you, have, do you look back lately in some friendships you've been tested in? Friends that you're used to close to now, you're like, yeah, I remember it was the election of 2020. I lost some friends, okay? As, that's even joking about it. People are like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, it's really hard where people chose, you know, they just like over political things or lifestyle change and all that. And I get that. Like we live different lives and people make different choices. But what, what happened when we said, oh, we're canceling you as a friend? What happened? Because I voted differently than you? That I live differently in you? Wait a second. I don't know. If, is that the Jesus way, the Jesus I know of, of covenant, friendship, relationship? I don't think so. I, 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 I really would even, you need to remind me to go back a little bit going, maybe I need to look at my faith a little bit more. Maybe I need to look down a little bit more. What, what matters in friendship? Can someone live a completely different life? And again, there's safety and protection of relationships, and there's boundaries that we'll talk about here in a moment, but do I just cancel them because they don't believe what I believe any longer? This, that's a deal, is there deal breakers? Jonathan didn't do that. Even with all that's going on, Jonathan and David had this commitment and covenant, and it really was modeled to us by, by what happened and what God did. And look at what happened. 
is this. It says, uh, David got up from the south side of the stone and bowed down before Jonathan. After all this happened, three times with his face on the ground, they kissed each other, wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, go in peace. We have a sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, the Lord is witness between you and me and before, between your descendants and my descendants. What are you saying? Not only we're we going to be friends, but our kids are going to be friends. My, our grandkids are going to be friends. There's a bond and there's a covenant that we're making with one another no matter what happens. No matter what takes place. There's a bond. It's a covenant relationship. I want to invite our team to come as we get ready to close. And I just want to give you this challenge. It, it ties in a little bit from last week when we talked about choosing life. I want to encourage you to choose life-giving friends. Choose friends that are life-giving, not life-draining. Now, let me talk about this a little bit. You know, the Bible says this, don't, don't miss me, I said, bad company corrupts character, you know. And we know this, like, you, who you hang out with is who you become. So you need to look at your friendships. Where are you receiving life from? If most of your friendships are life-draining, I'm not saying forsake those friends, but also get some new friends that fill you, okay? There's people in your life that you're giving to. There's relationships, but they're draining you. They're draining you. You need to find some, some life-giving friends. The fr the, now, again, the friends that are draining you, the relationships, keep giving what you need to give to them. They need you. That's one, if it's one-sided, I get that. But put some boundaries around that, Okay? If you keep giving them money and they're just, they're using and abusing their body and hurting, that's not working. If you're, if they're taking all your time and you never give enough, you've got to set some boundaries in that relationship. That's called, that's called love. That's called tough love, right? But if all, if, if it's all an output and you're not receiving anything, you need to get in an environment where there's people that are pouring into your life. Why in the heck do we keep talking about small groups? Because in the groups that we have, we're coming in settings, we're in living rooms or gathering places where we're saying, I'm in a group of people that are going to pour into me. They're, I'm going to receive from them. I'm going to receive learning and growth. I'm going to learn from their experiences. I'm going to be able to say to that friend as they're going through something relatable, like the joy of a, having a grandchild, as one of our people in our, a couple in our small group had. We celebrate the births of babies. We celebrate birthdays. We, we, but we also walk with people through going, I'm not doing too well. Hey, me too. Can we use prayer? We, that's, that's loving and giving life to one another that we need to do that. The, the Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and you get in trouble. Find a positive, life-giving group, small group, friendships. How do, how, do I, how do I get them? You find them. It takes work. Some don't always work out. Okay, that's not a match. Don't give up on people that are in your life. And in the midst of it, be that, whatever you want as a friend, be that friend. Quality breeds quality. What you're looking for, God will match up if you seek him for that. And I encourage you to do that. We, I'm part of a, a pastor's group, Blaine Birch Bay group of pastors. We get together every week and we, 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 we invest in one another. We pray for each other, a positive group of people. I'm in a, in a quad, we call them. Three other guys, we've done these. I've done 10 of them over the last few years. And these discipleship groups, find people that are willing to do this with you. Don't give up. 
opportunity to do that. May you look for life-giving opportunities as you as you give out, keep giving out, but make sure you're in a place of receiving as well. You know, it's interesting as we wrap up in prayer, I was, you know, I was thinking of my friend Dave, you know, he's my Jonathan. Uh, he was such encouragement in high school, so instrumental in my life. And again, we parted ways for many years and, uh, you know, several years ago, I would say almost now 20 years ago it's been, where we circled back and I heard he was going through a tough time. He, he was losing his business, going through divorce and a mutual contact I had. He says, you know, he's out there and, and you know, and, and, you know, people that don't always reach out. And so one day, because my friend, my other friend told me, he's like, well, he likes to eat at this certain place, which, which uh, he told me about. And so one day, I'm, middle of the day, I'm in my office and it's like about one or one third. It's kind of past the lunch hour anyway. And all of a sudden I involuntarily got up from my chair and I'm grabbing my keys, my wallet, my phone, and I'm, I'm driving out, and I'm, I find myself driving to this place with this thought is that he's going to be there. And lo and behold, after, and Bellingham's a big place, and there's a lot of places you can have lunch, there he was. I'm like, oh. I've never had moments like that, similar, like, it's so amazing. And I didn't say, oh, God sent me here and anything like that. But I was able to be encouragement to them, uh, encouragement to them. And I tell you what, I received so much from my friend. That was my opportunity to give a little bit back, give an encouragement toward him. That's, that's friendship. It's lifelong friendship. Do you have them? Do you have that? Here, here's the thing. As much as we are to be that one another, we're not going to be the ultimate friend except for the one has, who has become closer than a brother. Jesus himself. I love the covenant relationship. I love the parallel. Here's Jonathan forsaking the throne for his friend. What did Jesus do? He stepped off the throne to build covenant relationship with us. That ultimately what he did was not take a, the crown, but he took the cross. And through that bond and sacrifice of love, he says, through that relationship, you and I can be friends. Listen, through the son is where we get to the father. I love how Jesus says this as we wrap up in prayer. He says this, greater love than no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Takes one to know one. And then he says this, you are my friends if you do what I command. He says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. What do you say? I call you friends. Everything I made known to the Father, I make known to you. If you want to know God's will, sure, you can pray for it and seek for it, and we do that. But you can actually know the will of the Father by knowing and have close, intimate friendship with Jesus. And I tell you, when you have close relationship with Jesus, you kind of just know. Not that you're not praying, you're constantly in relationship, but you just know his heart. You know what's going on, and he reveals to you the plan and hope for your life. That is covenant relationship. It takes one to know one. Do you have that with the Lord? Do you have that relationship? He has a friend request waiting for you to accept. Accept it today. If you don't know Christ, if, you, if you're here and you're not taken, say, Lord, I want you to be my, not only my Lord, be my, be my friend. And let that friendship dictate the friendships you have. But you, as a chosen, called person of God, have to choose it today. Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you right now and 
And, and thank you for the model. Thank you that we saw what covenant, true covenant relationship looks like that you've shown in these, these two men, these two friends. And Lord, there's so much in our world where we have made friends such a disposable thing. We've made it an electronic click of a button. And Lord, you just call us toward deep personal relationship with one another. God, if there's anything we've learned post-pandemic is that, that we need life-breathing people in our lives. If there's anyone in this room, if there's anyone watching online and they're in a place of loneliness, Lord, will you give them your grace and your spirit not to condemn them, not to say you're messed up and no one loves you, no one like, no, you come to them and speak life over them and you say you are loved by me and that I, 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 I went first I went to the cross for you you are valuable you're important I want friendship with you Lord may we be reestablishing that covenant with you today and Lord out of that identity Lord we can we can find friends you, you can lead us toward those friendships I pray for all our small groups I pray for all our close relationships Lord that no one is left out that we would make efforts to do that. Lord, I pray for those that tried and they, they failed and, they, 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 and others have failed. And Lord, may they try again with your spirit and with your help this morning, Lord, to do it, Lord, because of the friendship that we have with you. If there's anyone here who has not said, Jesus, be my friend, may they do that right now. Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior, be my friend. And God, I thank you out of that friendship. Lord, how we know your will, how we know to step out and make decisions and go about our life is because you said you are friends, that everything you, you, you've revealed from your Father will be known to us. What a beautiful, close, intimate relationship we have with you, that we can now live that out to one another, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we're here. We hope we're friends, right? If you're needing a friend, okay, we're here. There's great people, honestly. We're really imperfect people. There's a lot of problems with a lot of people. But guess what? We can come together and help each other, encourage each other through God's grace to do that. So let us know. Write on your card, anything, please turn those cards in I mentioned earlier, any, just what God's doing in your life and do that. Or any ways we can help you. If you need to commit to Christ, you can mark that, do that as well. But will you stand as we close in this time and just make an intimate moment with Jesus right now. And as you do that, we're here for prayer. If you need anything before you leave today, have a great day, have a great week.